You are now listening to Sanity at the Movies, Jake's Takes Edition. That's right, folks. You are going to hear Jake's take on Top Gun. And then it's also going to give me and Ben an opportunity to revisit Top Gun Maverick, the film, not just of the summer, but of the year, the movie that saved cinema. As they declared, it's made lots and lots of money, and everybody loves it, and they're so happy that something that's not a Marvel property can make money. Movie of the decade. The movie of the decade, yeah. There's, it's getting all kinds of accolades, and as always, the conservatives have claimed it as some kind of victory for conservatism because, <laughs> I don't know why, because Tom Cruise is a man, I guess. And his fake son is a man, and it's vaguely sort of 90s woke instead of 2000 woke. So, what a, what a victory for humanity. Oh, yeah. But I am, speaking of victories for humanity, there was a day where I was born. And my name is Nathan Aaron Alberson. I am the humble and obedient host. That's what I am. And another victory for humanity was the day that Benjamin J. Sulzer was born, the preacher who's a teacher of cinema. Hello. And probably the greatest victory for humanity, an almost like John Connor level event, was when this third gentleman that you're about to introduce was born. Jake Minsel, pastor who's a master of cinema. There hey, he is. That's me. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm all right, Jake. You saw Top Gun. I saw Top Gun. Which I, we had at least one person say, I turned off the podcast when I found out Jake wasn't on it. Because they, they, didn't, they didn't think it was worth hearing Top Gun thoughts from just me and Ben. I wouldn't <laughs> think it was worth hearing <laughs> Top Gun thoughts from you guys either. Sheesh. Well, yeah. I wasn't going to say anything, but <laughs> that person was Jake. Not true. Jake, your Top Gun. Jake's take. That is the best movie of the year. It was great. It was fun. I enjoyed it. There you go. I won't tolerate any slander of it. It's awesome. I don't know why we would slander it. I wasn't slandering it. Yeah, you were. <laughs> your whole framing for the whole thing was like, well, conservatives hate the, or love this because they're stupid mm -hmm. and everybody else likes it because they're stupid, but also. And then I said, hi-ho and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my little Lipton tea or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> so uh, I don't know. There's like backhanded slander in the framing. So I'm just going to say I, don't, I won't even tolerate that. I think it's great. All right. Let me reframe. Waka waka! <laughs> America! That's, Top Gun! That's much better. That's much better. I appreciate that kind of framing. Respect! Because that's how I feel. <laughs> in, my, in my little Jake Hart. The here, 80s. It's like, yeah. I love the movie. Did you cry? I predicted. I did, yeah. That you would cry. Yeah, I didn't want to, but then... And I thought it was stupid, but I mean, the movie is stupid. Did you cry at the very beginning when he put on his, his <laughs> no. sunglasses and got no, on the motorcycle? No, and heard but Danger I was, Zone? I had the, I had like, when they opened it up with an almost frame by frame replica of the opening sequence of, of the original Top Gun, mm -hmm. I was just like, I, I was, I think I was laughing. I think I laughed my way. You had to first. know they were going to do that. I did know they were going to do that. And I loved every second of it. And that is why I was laughing. I sat there laughing because I thought, I, I, I knew they were going to do this. Mm. It is the cheesiest, most fan service thing in the whole world. And they're letting me know exactly from the outset what this movie is. This movie is 
cheesy fan service from the get-go and they're not going to apologize for mm-hmm. it. And I guess I'm here for it. Like, I love it. Like, I I think this is <laughs> hilarious and awesome and I am so happy. And that's just kind of the way that I watched the whole movie with this is sort of like dopey, half sincere and half cynical grin on my face. Because <laughs> I just was like, eh, you know, they decided to make a movie that was really fun fan service for the kinds of people who grew up with this first movie and they didn't care and I don't care. I'm just here for it. I'm here for fun because Hollywood has stopped being fun. Mm-hmm. And 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 in the the choice to every every attempt at fan service has been so stupid. Like we got John Krasinski to play Mr. Fantastic. Yeah, it's just like guys just be sincerely fun, please. Be sincere in your fan service. I guess no, you could argue. One could argue that the spider thing, the, the into the spider. No, not that. <laughs> I know. Yeah, one could argue that's good. But the, the, the one with the spider men yep. from the different the no way home made that attempt. Yeah, yeah, you could. You could. But they were just really crummy at it. But yeah, they just didn't do a good job with it. That's all. And this was just like they just stacked up a bunch of fun moments and they only overplayed their hand a couple of times and they moved on so quickly from it that let me guess great balls of fire great balls of fire yeah yeah that was an overplaying of the hand i think anytime they showed footage from the original i could have done just bad yeah they should not have done that (laughs) and then and then the i i thought the whole penny benjamin family angle was shoehorned in in such a way that it's just like man this could have been done better. And well, you can't do Kelly McGillis because she's not beautiful anymore. anymore. Yeah. So you can't. I mean, Maverick still has to be some kind of a wish fulfillment. For, uh, he yeah. still has to be a total wish fulfillment figure. Yeah, but Jennifer Connelly just didn't quite. But Jake, Labyrinth. Dark. No, not Dark Crystal. What's the. No, Labyrinth. That's what I'm thinking yeah. of. Labyrinth. And the, the what's the one with the rocket? The rocket. He flies around on a Rocketeer? rocket. The Rocketeer. Yeah. And life is beautiful. And other things yeah so i guess if you have nostalgia for jennifer conley then great and maybe she worked for you but i don't so i never saw the rocketeer and i don't i just don't care about her ang leaves the hulk i think you mean a beautiful mind i was just like oh sorry yeah, life is like, beautiful life is yeah be- that's the robert benini yeah yeah, yeah no 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 i have a lot of jennifer nostalgia, so i i was there for it okay so then maybe it worked for more people than just me but i just didn't buy Penny Benjamin. Her eyes were dead. <laughs> it didn't work for me. She's playing opposite psychopathic so scientologist salesman. <laughs> she should be a better actor. <laughs> it's called acting, Nathan. Well, she's the, she's probably the oldest broad he's actually ever had oh, in a movie because he swapped in he swapped ladies in the, the Mission, Mission Impossible. Impossible. And he swapped yeah. ladies as part of the plot in one of that director Joe Krasinski's whatever that name director's yeah. name is earlier Kaczynski. movies. Krasinski, thanks. It's what was the one based on the video game sci-fi thriller? Oh, Ob- Oblivion. Sport, I think Oblivion. Yeah, yeah, oh, he, yeah. It's part of the plot. He swaps out his older girlfriend for a young one. And the older one dies, and it's just like it's like really gross. There's, there's like a, a really noble reason why he can't be with someone his own age, and instead yeah, yeah, has to be yeah, with yeah, a yeah. hot like twenty eight yeah. year old. Oh yeah, there wasn't this one too. It was oh awful. my goodness. Oh Tom Cruise. Uh, but man, like if you it, I okay, fine. 
the movie really was bad. No, but when, <laughs> but I mean, but. for the first two thirds, I'm like, I don't have a lot of nostalgia. So I'm like, this is okay. But then when Tom Cruise, when John Hamm's like, we can't do it because no one can do the Kessel Run in 10 parsecs. And then Tom Cruise is like, I can do the Kessel Run. But the guy's like, it's Tom Cruise. He's doing it. And John Hamm's like, ah. <laughs> then I was like, this is the most awesome movie ever. <laughs> John Hamm was like, well, I guess I have no, I'm left with no alternative but to. Make you team leader. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) You have to be Luke Skywalker, actually, Tom Cruise. Let me ask you this. I know know we're all over the place here, but if you're writing the script, do you actually actually send the young people in by themselves and then have Tom Cruise have to be Iceman? No, because, because, I mean, even everything down to this is, this is wish fulfillment and it is Tom Cruise wish fulfillment. And so what I think, I think, the genius of this movie, I think Cruz being the team leader is is actually genius, and I think him surviving is genius. I think both of those things are actual acts of genius and not betrayals, because this is Tom Cruise's wish, wish fulfillment here. And if you try to make the good movie where he shows up or or where he dies and sacrifices himself and ends up dead it, it part of part of the wish fulfillment here is we just want more fun movies and we want tom cruise to continue to be our action star avatar because that's where our nostalgia is and we don't actually care about these other characters we came for tom cruise we came for maverick that's why it's called tom top gun maverick and has tom cruise's name and why we have two ridiculous intros to the movie still in theaters they're all like Hey guys, did you know Tom Cruise is in this movie? Here's haggard old Tom Cruise without listen, having oh just man. dunked his face in ice water, ice water or whatever, and, and, he's like, and having for some seeing my movie. I know it's like amazing, so bad. But uh, let me tell you, I saw this movie on August twenty sixth at one p.m. in the Regal Theater of Showplace Cinema, which mm. is the, the, still re- recliner seats and all the whatever. And there were a dozen other people in the theater at 1 p.m. on a Friday in the middle of August, months after this has been released. And, and there were all people 10 to between 10 and 20 years older than me. And just like, okay, he is their avatar. And they want to think they still have it. And he's the one who's given it to them and proven it. And they don't want to come out of this movie sad. They want to come out happy. And they want to come out like, hey, maybe we'll get another one. That's another Tom Cruise joint. Like, we're not going to hand this off to Miles Teller. Right. Like, we're not going to hand it off to to whoever the dude that played Hangman, fake Iceman is. Although I, I really like that guy. <laughs> he was pretty fun. He hammed that sucker up. Yeah. Yeah, he had a lot of fun. Um, he had a lot. Of, yeah, he just like leaned into that role super hard. I wish somebody would build a franchise around that. I mean, I know we don't reduce swaggering males anymore, but that guy as as like the new Maverick, I'd watch that guy. Yeah. So I, I mean, I just Glenn Powell. Glenn Powell, yes. I just thought, yeah, just let him do the thing. Just let him do the thing. Let's put him in charge and let him do the stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Let's, I. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I mourn for civilization, but. Yeah. I, I mean. I, I, I mean. Okay. Fine. Like. A, an actual good movie would have done things differently. But this movie said from the very opening credits, 
you're not here for a good movie. You're here for a fun movie. Mm -hmm. And we're going to unapologetically be that and give you just fun, nostalgia, fan service that is, in fact, going to be satisfying from the first to the last. That's what you came for. That's what nobody else wants to give you. And and so that's what we're going to give you. That's all we care about. But Bozo the Clown's listening right now. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, Jake, that's what the Marvel movies do. You guys are always like, these aren't real movies and they're not intended to be real movies. Okay. Like they're never intended to be real movies. They're just a fun time at the cinema with a bunch of fun scenes and you guys. Except they stopped being fun like five years ago or seven years ago. I mean, when's the last time you had fun watching a Marvel movie? Well, I mean, this, movie, this movie actually even does. Even the, the, the fan service Spider Verse movie with our our guys, like bringing Tom, bringing Tom Holland back, bringing Tobey Maguire back, and Andrew Garfield. Yeah. It's not fun. It's not a fun movie. It's just trying to do too much and not enough. And it was just like, man. Well, Top Gun Maverick, for all its problems and for all its prevarication and all that, it it does have a story. It's a very simple use the force, Luke. Yeah, reconnect with your son. I mean, it barely makes sense. It barely tracks. It barely has so much to say. of it is so absurd. But there is there is an A to B to C to D to E to F thing going on. They have a mission. They have to do it. This guy's the hothead. Whatever. There's like all that stuff. All those elements. It actually does. It is. It is yeah. more of a movie than anything Marvel's done in the entire Phase Four, at the very least. Marvel is just so much. Truly, here's a grab bag of of stuff, and we don't even know how it goes together. And there's no kind of character consistency mm-hmm. throughout and there's no kind of moral i mean yes tom cruise isn't going to tell us who the bad guys are there's lots of lame things about this movie but at least we know they're the, the bad the, guys ambiguously russian bad guys right, right? some some kind of european eastern Bloc european bad guys <laughs> the only people left that we can be racist towards and make into our bad guys these days i mean it also you're just making me think how I mean, you're making me think lots of thoughts about how Marvel sucks, but how much they've miscalculated because it turns out Gen Xers and uh, people in their 30, 35 to 45 range are buy a lot of tickets yeah, and, and like to see movies. And I don't think Feige has calculated, at least it doesn't feel like he's calculated for how much Robert Downey Jr. brought those people in because he is their guy. He's from the same generation as yep. Cruz. He... It, it didn't matter what character he was playing or what he was doing. Uh, there was a lot of older people that showed up just to see RDJ. He's the through line. Yeah, he's, he's what right. makes the plot hang together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, he's 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 also he's tremendously just, talented. Yeah, and he's not just dad energy for you know millennials on down. He is he's bad boy energy. For, bad boy audience avatar energy mm-hmm. for Gen X on up. Right, and he's the guy from Weird Science and from like like yeah, they, that's right. They, they have identification. They have a relationship with him. They don't have a relationship with Chris Evans. They don't know who Simon He Liu crashed is. and came back. He's got his own story. Yeah. You know, of like, he burned out, flamed out, and made the comeback. And I mean, really, Iron when Man, you think about it, it's it's some of the genius that nobody talks about. I'm just realizing this about the original Iron Man is you've got Robert Downey Jr., you've got early 90s icon Gwyneth Paltrow, and you've got 70s icon Jeff Bridges. The original Iron Man really is designed to bring in older people, or at least it's designed with the sensibility of a a wide range of ages in mind, just because Mm -hmm. John Favreau, it turns out, is an older person and likes some of these older stars and Mm -hmm. has a relationship with them and understands the audience's relationship with them. And that's something that Marvel 
doesn't do it all. Like there's just nobody to represent that demographic. There's no reason for a millennial or a Gen Xer to go see a Marvel movie. There's nobody that they're already kind well, of in dialogue with. In, in Favreau does that sort of thing again with The Mandalorian. Well, he brings in, okay, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. Right. As as the guy, but he's wearing the uh, all the iconic gear, and then he brings in Carl Weathers opposite of him, and a couple other people like that that are like, oh yeah, Apollo Creed, that's kind of cool. Well, like, and even Werner Herzog, it's like this well, is an art film. Yes, <laughs> it's Star Wars also. It's a little little <laughs> extra point puppets. of connection for actual old nerds like history of puppets. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you are all puppets <laughs> watching my movie. <laughs> 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 and so it's like okay well we we have tom cruise and he plays that robert downey jr role and it's actually about him it's about him it's his movie and he's the guy he's the star he's still the star he still has it and we're just gonna surround him with a sexy supporting cast that's gonna remind you of all the things he loved and give some of that verve and useful energy to that the original had, right? Like if we put in a, a virile over the top character like Hangman alongside a uh, Miles Teller, who's a great character actor who, who embodies the ghost of goose mm-hmm. of Anthony Edwards goose. Like, I mean, my goodness, like, Oh, he did great. He was amazing in that, in that role. Like, yeah, I mean, was, my only complaint, I would just, the, the equation right now is about 70% crews and 30% young people, I, I think it would be, be a better movie and a better and just better form, you know, a nicer on Cruz's part if it was 60, 40. Yeah. You know, I, I, give, I, give the young people. I, I, John Wayne, when he got older, he'd always have some young guy with him in the Cowboys or, or, or some of the, his older movies. And he knew how to, obviously, John Wayne's always going to be the guy that's going to be cool in any scene and everyone's like i'm a gibbering moron and john wayne's like well i can punch you in the face but john wayne gave other people enough to do and there's there's a classy way of doing that and tom cruise you think he crossed the line a little bit in this one i I think he could have been more classy you're probably right he knows what he's doing i mean a number of billion dollar franchise things made by nathan zero number made by (laughs) tom cruise many but uh, well in 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 a year when all movie ticket sales are down 30% still across the board over pre-COVID numbers, he, this movie is climbing up the charts in all-time tickets sold and is, what, top five now? Something like that, yeah. Something like that. And, and nothing has even come close to touching anything pre-COVID since, since that happened. And some of that's been, well, all the movies suck and are geared to tip their hats towards wokeness in a way that makes them impossible to enjoy. But I mean, okay, he made a fun movie and yeah, it's a bad oasis in a desert, but the desert is real and it's been around for a long time now, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, okay. It, the other thing that is true about Cruz is he is constantly, I think, I think this is true and maybe inarguable. He's constantly learning and improving on his little formula. Mm -hmm. And so this was a step outside of the Mission Impossible formula, but I guarantee he's going to, like, Fallout was a lot of fun. Yeah. And this movie was a lot of fun. And the next, the Dead Reckoning stuff is going to be a lot of fun. I'm sure it is. And nobody's going to be able to match that level of fun energy and excitement that he's able to bring to uh, to a franchise anytime soon because nobody cares like the best that you've got 
out there is what? Like Keanu Reeves? For the same reasons with yeah. John Wick. Yeah, John for Richard, all the yeah. exact same yeah, yeah. reasons, but you've got a level of violence, violence yeah. that is prohibitive. Well, just an R rating in general is prohibitive to ticket sales and to young people connecting with the material. Yeah, I mean, let's dial down the 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 language and the sexuality from the original Top Gun and try to capture the fun of it while still making it about Tom Cruise. And guess what's going to happen? Well, parents are going to show it to their kids, and the grandparents I'm sure are going to sales be for the original Top Gun on streaming and all the uh, platforms and Redbox and everything are are booming. Yeah, it's a smart. He's a smart guy. I mean, I wish with Tom Cruise that I could care about his movies. I, I know it is an oasis in the desert. I don't want to be churlish about that. But it's something I've always felt about the Mission Impossible franchise, too. It's like these movies are so much fun and they're such a great event event pictures and you go and see them and you really enjoy them. But there's just nothing there yeah, ever to yeah. connect to it's right. like and it's like a, a a craig bond for all their problems are, are relatively like he's playing a character that i understand yeah that's right and that i like and that i i, I well, want to find reason, out about there's a reason i i i go back to the craig bond movies and not to the mission impossible movies although i would i would you can show your kids mission impossible you i can show my kids the mission impossible mm-hmm. movies i can't show them bond i would look at the mission impossible movies and say they are objectively more fun. Like Fallout is objectively more fun, but I haven't gone back and watched it. One I mean, to time me, the, it's, it's kind of exhausting because of what Nathan is saying. Well, yeah, and there's nothing them. to yeah. sink your teeth into, or to, yeah. or to like, like you said, to connect with really. And so it is just like a roller coaster ride. And roller coasters are great for the brief time that you're on them, but mm-hmm. you you can't live on them, and you're gonna get sick and throw up, like. Well, I also, Jackie Chan used to make movies that had amazing feats of athleticism, and that was the only reason you saw them. They were 90 minutes. Right. Now, for whatever reason, I don't really understand it, but the formula, what you're paying for when you go out to see a movie is two and a half hours, and and that's just the way it is, and Tom Cruise does that, and it makes Mission Impossible and Top Gun and everything like that feel oppressive because it's just like, you just have to have so much movie so much filler so much pat it's easier to go back to like a buster keaton or a safety last yeah yeah, yeah sure just so short yeah it's just like, like, you're, like you're not you're not committing no. as much you know or even something like well uh, it is that like attempt to toe the line of really giving people their money's worth in terms of action like you always saw those movies when you were a kid and said man like i could i wish that there was more like yeah I wish there was more. And now he's like, I'm going to give it to you, actually. That's what you, it's it's like, sort of like that. And this is why I do think, I was joking in our chat, like there's Spielberg and then there's Cruz, like in terms of like the saviors of cinema, mm-hmm. like if Spielberg and Lucas are going to be like, hey, remember those fun B movies that you saw as kids that were like, 60 minutes long and had crappy effects, but you loved them and thought they were cool. And we're going to do that, but we're going to actually make them awesome. Mm -hmm. That's also the thing we talked about it before of when you see the original star Wars, it feels real dark and scary. You go back to as an adult, it's not that dark and scary, but then they make the new, they smartly make the new ones darker and scarier so that they'll feel, uh, you could argue whether it's smart, but it, it's effective in terms of actually capturing more of the feeling for old people. Cause it feels as dark. Mm-hmm. as I think, <coughs> You watch New Hope as a little kid, 
it feels like it goes on forever. It feels so mm-hmm. big. You watch yeah. it as an adult, you're like, oh, this is an hour 45, whatever it is. Tom Cruise is like, I'm going to make a thing that has the feeling of new hope. So it's going to have to be two out, 220 or 230 exactly. or whatever it is. In terms of action. And when you're in the theaters, it does. Yeah. And, I, and I think as a theater experience, it it's successful for exactly that reason. Like I just sat there and like enjoyed myself. But I did leave thinking, you know, asking the question that you always want to ask yourself, would I go back and see this again? Do I want to see this again? Do I need to see this again? Would I be interested in seeing this again? And the answer was like, no, not, not really. No, Mm -hmm. I, I, I don't want to go Mm -hmm. through that two and a half hour experience again. Actually, I can't, I'm like, I'm just not like, I'm satisfied. Right. I am, I, I am, oh. You got, you paid your money, you got your. I got what I paid for and that's it. Yep. You know, the other comment I will make, perhaps it's a bit sexist of me, but I think roller coasters work well for women because women in general don't care about movies that much. Like they actually, a lot of women I know, not every woman, but a lot of women resent the emotional investment that a really great movie takes, Mm -hmm. but they do enjoy just having fun. And so a movie that's just fun, they'll be like, yay, that was really fun. And I never have to think about it again, which is exactly what I would have wanted from anything that you threw on. I don't know. Maybe that sounds insulting, but women are probably the smart ones. I don't know. And not every woman's like that. If you're a woman that likes movies, that's great. Well, Presumably, uh, if there are women listening to this, it's exactly what they're like. mm -hmm. They like movies. Yeah. Maybe they just like great podcasts. (laughs) What else is there to say about Top Gun? I mean, me and Ben already t- did an episode where we talked a lot about Bruckheimer and S- Simpson and all that mm-hmm. like uh, stuff. But uh, Tony Scott. Tony Scott, yeah. I mean, the plot of this movie is so funny. Oh, we have to bring in Tom Cruise, the test pilot, because the only plane that's capable of doing this precisely engineered scenario is mm. the one that he's in... <laughs> And and they happen to have the F-14s from the original Top Gun movie just sitting there randomly. And oh, see to and me, we have to throw Goose's son in. And oh, we have to like oh, and he's gonna save him. But now he's gonna save him. And now they're stuck together. And Maverick's gonna fly with the ghost of Goose in the F-14, and it's gonna be amazing. And then the guy that we set up to save everybody in the end and show up is actually gonna do it. Yay! Like everything about it was like, it's so contrived, and I just didn't, I didn't care. I didn't care. Well, what I like is that they're taking the time to lay all those pieces in. What what I don't like is this. I don't like the Haldo maneuver where we can just we just suddenly can do something with our spaceship that we never knew we could do. And I don't like J.J. Abrams in the the next Star Wars movie being like, yeah, you know, there's a bunch of science that made it so we could do the Haldo maneuver once. But now we can't do it. What what I actually like <laughs> is is having somebody just be like, "Here's a boring explanation that doesn't really matter," and I'm going to go on for a little bit, and I'm going to give you the feeling that it's important. And then the other, and then John Hamm being like, "Yes, it is important that the boring explanation is a stab." Like in other words, it, it yeah. is all contrived. It's all stupid. If you think about it for a second, it's a house of cards that collapses. But part of the fun is laying all those pieces in so it's like well yeah of course we're we here to, to entertain <laughs> you you know how this works come with me <laughs> yeah it's like yeah I, but they actually did you're right they did the work of laying all the pipe that they needed right. to and, and the pipe is all stupid but plausibility in every little moment that you can go along with it 
yeah, you can't stop and examine it. Right. But you can, oh, yeah, well, I can see why, you know, any dumb base, nondescript base of the nondescript country and the nondescript location might have any amount of, like, old, janky American hand-me-downs that mm-hmm. managed to get their way overseas because of underground smuggling, whatever. And, oh, yeah, you know, I guess the situation calls for this or that. And, okay, well. <laughs> yeah. No, I think I think that pipe, I, I used to be a sort of snotty person, and maybe you can find podcasts where I do this, but the consistency is the hobgoblin of little minds, I will, I will say, to excuse everything that I do. But uh, th- <laughs> there are things where, you know, I used to say, like, ah, why do we have to, and it is still true sometimes, like, why do we have to have this? We know it doesn't matter. We know we're all in an agreement here that we want to get to the action scene, so why are you boring us with the stuff? But the older I get, the more I'm like, well, actually part of the fun is the stuff. Like you want the, you want the cheesy explanation. You want, you want, um, it's like refusing the call. I always hated refusing the call. That part of the hero's journey where the guy's like, I'm not going to go on the journey. I don't want to be a hero. We all know you're going to go on the journey. We all know that's the point of the movie. There wouldn't be a movie if you didn't go on the journey. I've seen the trailer, dude. I know you fight the bad guy at the end, which means you must. And, and you know, some really movies will have really perfunctory, like, Chris Pratt's not going to help with the dinosaur problem this time. But I've gotten to the point where it's like, yeah, there are bad, boring ways to write refusing the call. But you know what? It actually feels somehow more satisfying if you just hit that beat. So Yeah, hit it hit it sincerely, and it it enriches the, the whole story experience. Right. I mean, I guess if, if, if the choice is between nothing and a bad, boring version, maybe there is a place for nothing. And maybe that's what I've said on other podcasts or in other conversations. The best version is just do it and, and just do it. Just hit the beats. Do a halfway decent job. I mean, John Hamm is a good example of this. He's such a perfunctory character. It's such a boring, like, the, the authority figure there to not like Maverick. The second and, authority figure, because we had to have Ed Harris that's in there right. first. Yes, that yes, yes, that's hilarious. right. I forgot awesome. about that. <laughs> and gonna I'm say. the crusty old man who, for reasons unknown, believes in drones and hates people like you, <laughs> Maverick. You're more of a dinosaur than I am. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I love when John Hamm gives him the thumbs up at the end. Though, yeah, I, everything about all of it. I just, I, I just think it's hilarious, and I love it. I, the thumbs up, all of it is top gun mission impossible (laughs) (laughs) well i mean like i said they said from the beginning we want to make a fun (laughs) fan servicey thing that's going to hit all the beats that you know and we're not going to apologize for it and they did it by just doing the thing of we're going to frame by frame replicate the introduction or, or the opening scenes of the original Top Gun, but we're doing it in 8K or IMAX level quality this time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Isn't that cool? And then we're just going to non sequitur, right? The original one transitions to now we're on the carrier and we have a situation on the carrier, right? Like they took off and now we know that now we're in it. We've got the carrier and we got an international situation happening and we are getting our pilots up in the air. This time, nope, we just did the thing. <laughs> and now we're going out to the desert for some reason while Tom Cruise is going to put on his jacket and grab his aviator glasses and get on his, whip yeah, the tarp fun. off his motorcycle. And it was fun. That's, that's like, that whole old sequence is actually a perfect example of good story contrivance because they're like, if Tom Cruise doesn't get the thing to 10 parsecs, <laughs> we'll all lose our jobs for some reason. <laughs> Tom Cruise is like, I can't do it. 
ah, no, wait, for the people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 like, it's, it's so contrived. But, but you want that. It's better to have that than to have... Well, and it actually set, it actually does a good job of establishing character. We thought we had closure with the last, with the original Top Gun movie. We, we thought he was able to finally let go of Goose. He threw the... He threw the dog tags off the carrier into the ocean. You know, he it went through the whole thing of can he engage? Will he re-engage? Will he come in? Will he save the day? Yes, he can. Yes, he did. He and Ice are reconciled. He's the hero. He's going to be a Top Gun instructor. He can. He's free to take Goose's dog tags instead of holding them tight and talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. He's going to throw them into the ocean, right? We had closure. He was going to, he was healed. He was going to finally be, he, he eclipsed the ghost of his dad, which was a big part of the original Top Gun movie. And then he managed to get past the ghost of Goose. And so now here we are. And who is he now? Actually, turns out those wounds never really got healed. And we're going to even have the dumb exposition. We're going to bring in Val Kilmer and he's going to sit there and say, I don't know how to let go. Mm-hmm. Actually. And so, but, but that whole opening scene of like, he's still a maverick, man. He still lives up to his call sign. It's him and his people. And it kind of, in that sense, makes it the story of Tom Cruise, which is what all these movies inevitably are. Uh. Yeah. Except for the real story of the real Tom Cruise is the story of a guy who accidentally exposed what a complete sociopath he was to people almost lost his popularity and then battened down the hatches and never revealed another ounce of his personality to not even anyone in his movies ever mm-hmm. again. Yeah. Yeah. But the legend, the myth making, yes, the story as he wants it told. And as he's intent on telling it, yes. is the one that he keeps telling over and over again. And that's the story that he basically tells us. Yeah. I just, I, I actually really like nineties Tom Cruise a lot. I never was a Tom Cruise hater. I was never a Brad Pitt hater either. I always thought they were both super talented and awesome. And I liked the trajectory of the kind of thing that Tom Cruise was trying to do where he'd do one for them. And then one for me, he'd do a mission impossible and then he'd do a Magnolia or he'd do some exciting indie film and really try and stretch and and do something interesting. What would the last one of those have been collateral? Yeah, collateral kind of actually is both. Yeah, collateral is both. Collateral is great, and collateral is both. It's an amazing Tom Cruise performance. But I think around that time, I mean, when did YouTube hit? 2013. I want to say, I mean, Tom Cruise was one of the first internet memes with him jumping over the couch. I mean, we've talked about this before, but well, you look back on it, and it's actually, I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not bad. It's not as bad as something's happening to my mic, isn't it? Maybe not. Okay. Sorry. It sounded like, at least in my headphones, maybe. Huh. I'm not hearing anything. Mm-mm. Like I was cutting in and out there for a second. Well, let's keep paying attention for it. But I, I think. What he actually does isn't that bad. He's playing to a crowd. and. No, I don't actually think Tom Cruise did anything wrong in that particular moment. It's timing. just one of those timing things. inspired yeah. against him. Timing. The internet turned against him and. I, I think what the pro, the reason everybody was so primed to turn against him is because he did always have the energy of somebody who was hiding something because he was, he's a crazy yeah. Scientologist who's incredibly oppressive to women. I, I highly recommend the documentary. And we're ready to take people down too and use the internet to do it. Like, yeah, yeah. That I was mean, part he, of it. That was part of the energy of that time. 
I, mean, the, the, I, I don't usually like like all the true crime cult kind of documentaries and stuff. I think they're pretty cheesy and pandering. HBO has a good documentary called Going Clear on L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology and Tom Cruise's part and all of that that I think is well-sourced and has the receipts and everything. And I mean, Tom Cruise is a monster. <laughs> he, <laughs> he just is weird religious nut for a weird science fiction <laughs> cult. cult that has provided him lots of women and lots of opportunities and for whom he has shilled for, for many, many years and been part of a very nasty, oppressive system. And so Tom Cruise, I think everybody could always kind of sense that. He had the energy of somebody who was a politician, of somebody who was hiding something, of somebody who was like, hey, guys, I am great, and was doing that precisely because he didn't actually feel like that's what he was. Uh, and so everybody was kind of primed to turn on him in a way that I can't think of a, a, a an actor analogy. I can think of politician, you know, like a Bill Bill Clinton or, a, you know, there are, there are people who just simply seem like they're very charming and lying to you. Well, there was, I mean, around the same time, people were going after Brad Pitt. They were going after Ben Affleck. They were going after Leo. Yeah, I guess that was right? Gigi and all that. Yeah. So there was a there was just sort of like a can we can we use the internet to take down these icons that have been force fed to us over the last ten to fifteen twenty years? Yeah, and Tom Cruise got the rockiest road of of any of those people and came out on on top on top. Yeah, in, in a sense, like he's not allowed to be in, right? He's like, I mean, he has his own director, he, his own. He's just creating he does his own, his own thing. thing, right? He's an he's a a weird outsider, but he's one. So, yeah, uh, yeah. You don't. I don't know. It's too bad you can't like be Paul Thomas Anderson and be like, I want to have Tom Cruise in my movie because I think he could do a good in this part. That sort of thing doesn't happen. And I'm more than that because I think Tom Cruise was a great star and a great actor, but he is not anymore. So he's just Tom Cruise, the icon. So. So Tom Cruise, what a guy. <laughs> what a guy. Yeah. Ah, I don't know, like the firm. The, even thing even his popular entertainments used one. used to have he used to play an interesting I mean he always played the same, like I'm a go getter that's doesn't know whether he's gonna sell a his soul out and yeah. A few good men is uh, Aaron Sorkin sucks, like the the ending of that movie is so bad. I know that's a hot take because people love you can't handle the truth and all that, but it's so stupid, folks. I'm just going to say it. They're like, you know what? Let's get Tom. Let's trick Jack Nicholson into behaving like an absolute idiot and selling himself down the river. And then they're like, hey, Jack Nicholson, you're dumb. And he's like, ah, I'm an idiot. I'll sell myself <laughs> down the river. It's, yeah. uh, uh, you, can, you can have him do that, but you cannot have the characters say, our plan is to get him to do that. What you need to do is have Tom Cruise be like, uh, nothing worked. What's my last ditch? Okay, I'll try and make Jack Nicholson really mad. But their plan can't be to make Jack Nicholson mad. That's stupid. That's stupid. That's bad writing. I've forgotten uh, how, how it all works. I mean, it's a very entertaining, very entertaining movie. Lots of great Aaron Sorkin dialogue and stuff. But man, what a stupid, stupid plot point that is. I can't stand it. It makes me angry to even think about it. But Tom Cruise is great in that movie. He's awesome. He's good. Just, and the, there are fun little touches to character carrying around the baseball bat yeah 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 kind of yeah stuff that makes for our for iconography stuff that uh, he's always been good at either finding the right roles or bringing those right touches to that 
that sort of thing. And the original, I don't love it, but the original Brian De Palma, Mission Impossible, it kind of feels like Ethan Hunt is actually going to be a character. Oh, yeah. And then by, oh, yeah. by Mission yeah. Impossible 2, it's like, nope, he's going to be a guy with sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> and then by Mission Impossible 3, you're like, he's a really soulful, interesting kid. No, wait, hold on. That, that, that didn't work at all. It's garbage. <laughs> it's garbage. Yeah, Mission Impossible. J.J. Abrams. I actually think No, it's... Ethan Hunt in the original Mission Impossible. I mean, that's just like not part of the franchise. No, it works. He it's feels just like his a character. own movie, and he's his own character. Yeah, it's an actual it's own comes thing. close to actually being a spy thriller. I I like that movie. I quite I bit. do too. I I haven't really watched it since I was a kid, and I never really understood it when I was a kid. But it's I pretty, loved it as a kid. I did too. I mean, I I liked it. Yeah. It had that feeling of intrigue and uh, yeah. darkness, and all his friends die, and all that. It was, yeah. it was cool. And it, the obviously the set pieces were great. Yeah, the, the helicopter and the the lowering the the set pieces. I remember my dad being really conflicted about it, loving the movie, but hating the betrayal of Mr. Phelps. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mean trick they play with the original franchise, although I never have watched a single episode of the original either. franchise, so I don't care. I didn't care either. But that would be like if you had Sean Connery play the bad guy in your new James Bond movie or something like that. That's like, hey. Hey, <laughs> that's not <laughs> you nice. Have to be a well, jerk you, what you would have to do twist. is have Sean Connery play James Bond. That's right. Right, exactly. And then turn out to be the bad guy, and now we have a new 007, and it, her name is Jamie Sunshine or whatever. Yeah, it's know. like the guy that we've actually followed through all his adventures fighting Goldfinger and all this is now our now is now Goldfinger, and that's yeah, that's not a good just, feeling. No, it's not. It's a cheap trick. It's a cheap trick, but Fun you know, movie. they got masks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was. It's still one of the worst tricks in all of. It's tiresome that they have to do it every time. If if they just decided they weren't going to do it one time that might they be. they did brad birds they start making masks and the mask machine fails you don't see them the rest no, actually that's not true you do have more masks bad guy masks yeah well anyway yeah you just think whatever you can't do it without masks never mind yep it's got to be in there one way or another i, I like masks I, I like masks too i just think you know what's the word what's the phrase i want britain's not brevity is the soul of wit variety is the spice of life it's i don't know there's some phrase like that uh-huh. for a, a little bit goes a long way kind of phrase maybe um, it's a little bit goes a long way yeah but that might be the phrase <laughs> a little bit goes a long way yep. with masks I, I would actually say mission impossible 3 is the low point of the franchise in terms yep. of rewatchability i would oh. ra- i would actually rather watch mission impossible 2 than mission oh. impossible 3 yeah cuz mission impossible 2 is horrible but it's also Mindless. Bonkers. Yeah, it's just, it's just nuts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mission Impossible 3, although it is quite boring. Mission Impossible 2. But Mission Impossible 3 is agonizingly mawkish. Mawkish? I think that's the right word. Yeah. Oh, just... no. His Felicity from the sitcom Felicity got shot. No. Oh, oh no. I think, I think the thing to do is to treat Mission Impossible 1 as its own movie. Yeah, true. Yep. Mission Impossible 2 and 3 as if they never existed. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then... And then 4 is the beginning of a fun Tom Cruise franchise. franchise. That's yeah. right. Exactly. That is how it feels. I'd agree. But I would throw say if you want a gonzo, insane, terrible, bad B movie, then I'll, I'll, I'll throw 2 back on the board. But three, there's no reason to have 3 ever be on the board. Oh, man. Maybe there's just 90s nostalgia, you know, like the bad, I think Korn with a K did, uh, did the Mission Impossible theme cover for Mission Impossible 2. There's just like a, bat, a lot of terrible 90s decisions that went into that movie. <coughs> well, folks, we've deviated from talk, talking about Top Gun because I guess we have nothing else to say about ah, it. There's so much more to say. Uh, Penny Lane is 
You do need Penny Lane. You, you, that, that's an example of something where you're like, well, why do they have to have a girl? Her name's Penny Benjamin, and she comes up twice in the original. I, I know, I know. I think Tom Cruise is always, like like so many of these old hotties when they get old, he's always slightly in danger of being an old queen. So you have to have a girl just to prove that he's not. And so if you, if you have to have a girl and you can't do Kelly McGinnis, then having 50-year-old Jen Conley is about the classiest thing that you could possibly do. And de-sexing it as much as they do was a nice business-related move. So, mm-hmm. so I think you could complain all you want about Penny Lane, and you're probably right. But given what they had to work with, it's just about as well-calculated as anything else in the movie. I mean, the dumb thing about Penny Lane is the whole bar scene where she's like... My eyes are dead, but I have to play this lame material about making you pay by a round because you say stupid things. <laughs> but I don't know. I thought it was kind of cute that they formed a little family and that <laughs> fake goose was like, I wish I was part of the family. I thought it was cute. And my audience got a big kick out of Tom Cruise sneaking out of her bedroom and dropping down and then the little girl being there they thought that was hilarious he thought he thought he was going to get away with it you see jake but (laughs) but he didn't (laughs) he didn't she was right there good stuff quality edifying stuff like hollywood's been making for generations boy well we're waiting till 2023 for the next mission impossible is that the next that's the next tom cruise thing right the next big thing dead reckoning part one they already have a trailer for it i know I think the only way you see it is what, go see Top Gun, though, right? No. Isn't, no, it's, I saw oh, okay. it when it Never came mind. out. I thought it was like an IMAX exclusive. Maybe it was for a little bit. I don't think so, but... Maybe... No, no. You know what the IMAX exclusive is? The trailer for Cillian Murphy and... Bah, oh, uh, yeah. Oppenheimer. The, yeah, okay. Nolan. Uh, Nolan, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Which, what movie was I watching where the Oppenheimer trailer came over? It wasn't, it wasn't Top Gun. It was a different Oppenheimer trailer. And I was watching this movie... And the Oppenheimer trailer came before it. And I was like, this movie's going to rock. Because I thought it was actually the movie starting. And it felt really cool. It's like, wow, this movie <laughs> starts with the world burning? What a great way for this movie to start. And then the real movie started playing. It was, <laughs> it was terrible and the world wasn't burning. Whatever it was. Uh, Nolan wins again. Oh, you know what it was? It was Nope. Nope started with a, a, an Oppenheimer trailer. And I was like, whoa. This movie is starting. Because it's just flames. And, and I was like, this movie is starting with the world already and uh, Jordan Peele, you genius, my hat is off to you, sir. <laughs> and then it was like, by the hack, Christopher Nolan. And I was like, no. Oh, yeah. He just wins every time. He, wins. he, he got me again. Dumb movie trailers. <laughs> hey, I'll be first in line. That's, that's going to be RDJ's big comeback, too. So I'm excited for it. Um, you know what? It'll probably be good. It'll probably be really good. I like Celine Murphy. I mean, Nolan, Nolan tends to be better when he's closer to the earth i would say when he's when he's not doing something that's like requires fantasy action requires a bunch of world building yeah distraction although i've never actually seen dunkirk so oh man oh dunkirk man miserable miserable that's what i say it's my hot take well ben i'm a jerk when I say that I don't like things that people like, I'm cute and people love it. But <laughs> you are. It's great. <laughs> when you say it, everyone's like, ah, that's snob. That's snob. <laughs> that's, that's my belief anyway. All right, folks. Top Gun. It's a thing. Thanks for listening. Until next time. No, go to patreon.com forward slash sanity at the movies. Hey, we're pretty close to something I'm very excited about. I'll tell you what I'm not excited about, which, which is like our $1,000 Patreon goal, which is to do MCU movies. 
I think we might even want to change that because I'm not sure how excited people are about that. If you are excited about it, that's great. and We'll keep it. But if you're not, then maybe we should swap it. You tell us, folks. But I am excited about our most immediate Patreon goal, which is when we get to 250, we will do... No, I think that, I think that it'll be great. It'll I be think good. that we actually go through the MCU by phase as part of commentary on how we got to wherever we will be when we hit 1,000. It's still a ways away. Talk about a dead reckoning. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It'll be good content from us, even if the movies will be a bit of a slog. But phase one's just three or four movies, right? And we'll get to watch a Whedon Avenger, Avengers, so that's not so bad. Yeah. We'll have to sit through Thor 1, which is too bad. We'll have to sit through Edward Norton's The Hulk, maybe. Maybe we can just skip that. I think we can skip I've that I've never one. seen that. It's pretty I've lame. justified. The yeah. original Iron Man movie has a little bit more scandal in it than... Yeah. Yes, true. but that'll be a good scandal to talk about at least. Okay, well, all right. So in any case, though, our actual Patreon goal that we're close to right now, we're like 50 bucks away. Somebody just wants to sign up for 50 bucks a month and get us there. It'd be super fun. And I'm really excited about this. And I think you'll be glad you got us there. We're going to talk about the Christopher Reeve Superman duology. We're not going to do the quadrology because we're not that masochistic. But we don't, we don't need Richard Pryor doing a computer heist or Superman fighting the sun god. But... We will watch part one and part two, the Donner and whoever took it, the Lester. Then we'll watch the Burton Batmans, which will be very fun to talk about, especially since nobody cares about Burton anymore. And he's trying to mount a comeback with this horrible looking Netflix thing. Yeah, but what is that again? Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Really gross. Super mean-spirited, awful, terrible. It doesn't even look like a well-designed Tim Burton-y thing. But the the glory days of Tim Burton were those first two Batman movies. I don't know that he's trying to mount a comeback. I think Netflix was like, here, take some money. We need content. Yeah, I guess what I meant is Tim Burton's a burnt out old hack that has nothing left to say and really only had a few movies worth of things to say. And he still wants to make money. And for some reason, people still want to give him money, even though he has not had a hit for a long time and keeps striking out with things like people still want to pay for it. Yeah, but they don't. I mean, nobody saw Dumbo. Nobody wa- Nobody was all that interested in Tim Burton's Dumbo. Dumbo somehow. I don't know why. Uh, Dumbo's a dumb property anyway, though. Yeah, well, exactly. It's right there in the name. Uh, and then nobody was interested in Miss Peregrine's Bad Day, uh, yep, whatever yep. it's called. School, School for of Gifted Youngsters. Yeah. yeah. AKA X-Men. X-Men. Burton style. Yeah, um, yeah. Slash Hogwarts. You know, nobody liked his Dark Shadows. Tim Burton's had a lot of swings and misses i think he did he did a looking glass right yeah those nobody liked those although the first one made a lot of money i don't think he he only produced the second one tim burton has not actually had a a big success in decade maybe a decade so i think the last time he was critically acclaimed was sweeney todd which which has its points but anyway folks we're not talking about that i'm just saying get us to 250 and we'll do the burton batmans which will be very fun to talk about so influential to everything to the last 30 years of cinema. Some somewhat influential as a bad road that superhero movies came, went down for 10, 15 years before everybody figured everything out in the oddies. But man, we grew up with those movies and we have nostalgia for them and we have a lot to say about them and be fun. And Christopher Reeve, of course, Jake's hero, Superman himself and all that stuff. I haven't seen those movies since I was a little kid. So I'd be excited to talk huh. about those. I want to see Marlon Brando walking fatly around on... Krypton. Uh, a, a Krypton set. Yeah. yeah. He's pretty great. He's pretty, I'm sure he is. I don't remember, though, because it's been years and years and years and years. But I remember there's a helicopter that tries to crash, and Superman's like, I'll save you, Lois. And it's great. So sign up, patreon.com forward slash sign of sanity. Until next time. Oh, man, so many things to choose from. 
That's it. That's it? Yeah. Well, we still have like 10 seconds of music. Oh, no. There it is. Bye.